Fenway Sports Group is deepening its ties in NHL media. Plus, we have a great interview with ESPN broadcaster Jessica Mendoza. It's Tuesday, August 29th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. Fenway Sports Group, which already owns the Pittsburgh Penguins, is now buying their regional sports network, AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, from Warner Bros. Discovery. Joining me now to discuss is Front Office Sports Newsletter co-author Eric Fisher. Welcome, Eric. Hello. Great to have you. Let's start on the Fenway side. What do we know about this deal and what's in it for them? So they've been working on a deal to acquire the regional sports network, AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, that shows both the Penguins and the MLB Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, This has been developing for some time. Warner Brothers Discovery has made no secret uh, and announced early this year that they wanted to get out of the RSN business, not really their lane. They had a majority stake in three RSNs, a minority stake in a fourth, not a lot of scale there, um, and again, not really their lane. So um, they're exiting out, Fenway Sports Group coming in, and they already have Nesson, and being sort of a team-owned model, it's a little bit different, and, and already owning that team, feel like there's some good synergies there. Right. Yeah. And they're interesting in that, right? They've already done this before with the Red Sox and, and the, I mean, the, and, and Nesson broadcasts the Bruins, right? Too, but then you know, Fenway doesn't own the Bruins. Uh, anyway, so is there anything we can take from that Nesson model that might be applied here? Yeah, so Nesson was particularly an early mover on direct-to-consumer. They've had Nesson 360 out. Uh, They were one of the first ones actually got out in front of what we ultimately saw from Yes and from Bally and so forth. and so they were, they were a first mover on that front. And there was a real interest, uh, on the Fenway sports group side to expand that and get deeper into the direct to consumer, uh, realm and use the penguins to do it. Yeah. Makes a whole lot of sense. You mentioned the pirates are also broadcast by AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. Which, which way are they going to go here? That's TBD. Um, uh, Nothing's really got to be decided because anything that would happen would be after the baseball season anyway. Uh, And this deal would be sort of coming to completion right around the end of the Pirates baseball season. So no real hard decisions have to be made on that front until spring training next year. Uh, But there's a couple of different ways they could go. They could stay there. And there was already a pretty good relationship between Bob Nutting, the owner of the Pirates, and the owners of the Red Sox, uh, uh, Tom Warner and John Henry. Um, They obviously have spent a lot of time together in baseball ownership circles. So that's something they could easily do. But there's also this MLB run model, which they've obviously already been doing for the San Diego Padres and the Arizona Diamondbacks, where they handle the production and stand up those games for those teams and to be able to do it in a less sort of emergency fashion as they had to do in those two particular situations amid the uh, Diamond Sports Group bankruptcy, there could be an opportunity there. And I think what Bob Nutting and his advisors are going to do over the offseason is kind of pencil that out, what is going to be the most lucrative opportunity uh, the best pathway to get in front of the most uh, 
number of eyeballs and figure out. And I would say it's probably about a jump ball right now to sort of mix my sports metaphors here that you could see it easily break either way. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about this now, but is there any weirdness that they have to think through with one MLB team owning the RSN of another MLB team? We've had all sorts of crazy ownership structures like this where, you know, you sort of think about like legends as they sign a concession contract in various stadiums around the country. You know, they're co-owned by the Cowboys and the Yankees and they service other teams. So you have these kind of weird corporate tentacles in many other instances already. And I would say with the appropriate operational firewalls, I'm not particularly hung up on that notion. And last thing I wanted to ask you about this, is this more broad? about the RSN model going forward. You're already getting into it, talking about the Pirates. So we've got situations where MLB is taking over production of for, for local games, and we'll see if that continues on. Uh, we also have this team-owned model that you know we see with Nessun, and we're you know, at least going to see with the Penguins, uh, with AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. Um, those feel like two potential paths for the future of regional sports networks as, you know, WBD is getting out. Um, Diamond Sports Group is trying to stay in, but only doing so um, uh, so successfully. Uh, so, yeah, do you see either of these as, you know, a way forward or are these or are we more just kind of patching holes here? Kind of patching holes here because we still have the existential question here that the regional sports network model for many years, the revenue was driven in no small part by garnering money from people who did not consume the product. And they that was just on their cable or satellite package. And it was a pretty nice model to get money from people who had not necessarily any interest in consuming the product ever. And so now, whether it be a direct-to-consumer streaming thing or in a linear fashion, it's a much more of a one-to-one thing where that money is only coming in from people who consume those games and watch those channels. And so that's really fundamentally what we're talking about here. And these various kind of structures that we're talking about sort of patch holes in that direction until we get to a more stable situation where that money is indeed gleaned from only people consuming the product. Right. And you could see that potentially working better with the Red Sox who have, you know, a hundred plus year history and diehard fans Versus the Pittsburgh Pirates, who, you know, have great fans, but, you know, not quite the same thing as, not as the, the Red same Sox. legacy of success. No. Right, right. And in the case of the Red Sox, keep in mind that some of these functions are spread across the organization where there's some efficiencies, in, you know, whether it be some back of house functions or sales or what have you. There are some things that don't have to be fully replicated in a standalone basis, whereas, you know, in some of these other RSN situations, they do. Yeah. Eric Fisher, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Up next, I spoke to ESPN's Jessica Mendoza, who recently finished broadcasting the Little League World Series. Congratulations, El Segundo, on the victory. And is also one of the first female broadcasters to be in the booth for MLB games and to show the world that we'd only been tapping into half the talent pool for much of sports broadcasting. We talked about all that and plenty more, and that conversation is coming up next. I am joined now by Olympic gold medalist and ESPN broadcaster, Jessica Mendoza. Welcome, Jessica. I'm happy to be here from Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Great to have you. So yeah, you're in Williamsport uh, broadcasting the Little League World Series. What's that experience been like for you? It's It's been such a great experience, Owen. Like honestly, just 
this is my seventh year doing this. Um, I bring my boys. So having them be a part of this, I coach my kids in baseball. Um, the fact that like my kids are around the same age as the boys and girls that are on the field. Um, it, it's like what you love about like really sports in general. There's so much like kid <laughs> in sport and it's really like more about fun than it is about even the competition. And it just kind of reminds us all why we love sports in the first place. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, you know, at front office sports, we're into the kind of the more, you know, like the money, the business, the like the the overarching stuff. And that's interesting, too. But that all comes from people just loving sports and loving the like the joy of it. And, you know, maybe they played, maybe they still play. And so, yeah, I, I can totally see how Little League Baseball, the Little League World Series taps into that more core source of where all of this is well, coming from like the 11 12 year old that kind of still lives inside of us right because we all kind of tapped into that person that's got like gummy worms in their back pocket as they're playing or like you know and just why did we get involved in sports in the first place and as much as yes i trust me i get caught up in the analytics and all the cool stuff that we see now even the technologies but that wasn't why we all picked up a bat or you know wanted to play the game uh, when we all first started yeah. Um, and, and yeah, actually, I'm curious about, you know, your, um, your background as, as an athlete, as an Olympic softball player. Uh, do you draw on that as a broadcaster and just, you know, as an analyst and coach? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it just depends on like the moment. I think what brings it out, we had like this great catch in the outfield um, the other day. And I feel like that's when like the athletic part of me comes in because I was an outfielder. And so like, you know, kid going back, making a great leap, good read, you know, stuff like that. You kind of remember those moments, ball hits straight at you. Um, when you make like a game saving type catch, you know, I always said, you know, cause you know, when you're little, little like outfielders, like no one ever wanted to play, right? Like you <laughs> wanted to be the shortstop, you wanted to pitch, you know, first base. Um, so I always give so much pride to the outfield cause you're like the last ones out there. You can make, you know, when you watch sports center or any of the big plays, it's usually about the outfield. Um, and so a lot of that comes out now and i love like giving love to these kids that make great great catches yeah and speaking of sports center uh so you're often on sports center you're on get up with greenie you also do dodgers games uh you've done you know baseball tonight first take and it's kind of the full range of more narrowly focused on the game and then these broader conversations is there a sweet spot somewhere in there for you of where you feel most comfortable no, I mean, it depends on, I think I like that I get to do all of it because I love calling games because it's like the X's and O's plus you get to be on the field and kind of like talking to the players like, you know, in the cage, like really understanding what a specific player or athlete is doing right then in that moment. Um, but what I love about studio is then you can like pick up a bat, you can move around, you get more time to really dive into something versus trying to like jam it in between the bats, especially with the pitch timer now, <laughs> like there's not as much time, you know, to get into the stuff that really gets you excited. So I love studio because um, especially, you know, get shows like Get Up and, you know, first take you're kind of arguing and battling, going back and forth. But, um, you know, get up in sports center, you're able to really like dive in, have some fun. Um, I love going with Greeny, especially when we get into postseason things and you get fired up and you can really break things down. Um, so, yeah, I, it's, it's a good blend of both. And I'm glad I'm able to do both because I honestly think that that's like my personality. Yeah. And do you enjoy the more combative stuff, too? I mean, like first take is that's kind of their bread and butter. But um, do you get into that, too, or, is, or, uh, or, or do you keep it friendly? 
Oh, I'll take on a good debate any day. Like you want to go at it and argue. In fact, I'm sitting next to Todd Frazier here and I love when him and I like argue about something or, you know, get into like what he thinks. Even, I mean, the other day was, this is total little league, but like, do you like pineapple on pizza? <laughs> like, that was like our biggest argument. And sometimes I'll take on arguments the other side, even if I don't even believe it, just because I love to argue. Um, and again, mostly in jest, but um, a lot of it's just trying to, you know, like force people to have an opinion. And when you have both sides, it makes people, um, you know, have to choose a side. Okay, what do I think? What do I feel? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you're the first woman I remember hearing in the booth as opposed to on field, especially for a sport where everyone on the field is a man. Um, do you feel like you were a pioneer there? I don't think of it like as pioneer necessarily as just like trying to get more girls and honestly, men, women, like everyone to see something that they haven't seen. You know, I think we just need to see everything. Um, diversity is, is a big thing when we're talking about audiences. We don't want to. I would hope a network isn't like I want to just speak to 55 and older white guys. You no, know, like we want when it comes to anything to be able to reach everybody. Um, and so like my biggest thing is just, I get excited when I get a young girl that comes up and is like, I want to do this. I want to be a part of this because to be honest, when I was growing up and I was a kid, like I thought I could do anything and it never occurred to me that I couldn't. And it wasn't until I got older that you start to realize, oh, there aren't any women playing major league baseball. Wow. There aren't even women calling major league baseball games. You know, where is my role if I want to be a part of this? Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, and I think just having like the visual and the audio of, of a woman there, it does make a huge difference uh, because, yeah, it's it's um, hard for people to imagine themselves if they don't see anyone like them and there's no one like them on the field. And, you know, there aren't still aren't female umpires. Um, you know, I think now we've got a few female referees in the NFL and like that was a moment. Um, so, yeah, we've got all these these kind of mini moments along the way of like, okay, now we've got a woman here, now there's there. Because it's not like, sometimes it's absolutely like seeing a woman, hearing a woman, but it's also like what you want to talk about. So like a lot of times the things that I'm interested in, the things that get me like fired up, like here we had Stella Weaver, the, you know, most hits of a female all time Little League World Series. Like, of course, like I'm doing features with her. Like we're, we're talking shop. I'll end up diving in on a story like a, a kid and like the influence that his mom had on his life maybe was his catcher. Like that kind of stuff. If it's someone else, maybe they're not as interested. But because it's me, I'm telling that story. And then maybe because I'm telling that story, a mom is listening and is like, why am I not working with my son? Like I should be the one. You know, it, like you never know how influence works. And I think the visual and the audio, like you mentioned, but a lot of times it's also just the fact that because I am a woman, the things that I'm interested in are going to speak to more women. Right. Yeah. And I was curious if you find that you, you take conversations in, I mean, not to like, you know, paint too broad a brush here, but it, of course, you know, women are going to, you know, on average or just you know, they're going to find different, they're going to see different things, they're going to notice different things than a man would. Um, and, and so yeah, just having that perspective in there is is going to bring out new things. Um, is that something you kind of notice in real time? Um, that, that you're bringing a, a certain perspective that that the guys next to you aren't? Or is it just something that you know, in general is happening? I mean, I think both. There's definitely times, real time, that um, we're in a production meeting. And sometimes I'll notice it even being like a Hispanic woman. You know, there'll be these stories that I'm like, hey, like, did we think about maybe talking about this? And 
everyone in the room, I, I'm like, oh, like we weren't thinking that. Like, and it's not that they're wrong or I'm right or anything. It's like, that's why I'm here. It's like, no one else would have thought this. And that's the real time stuff that I'll realize like, God, I'm really glad I'm here. I'm speaking up because otherwise I just don't think everyone's brain would have gone there. Um, and then there's a moment where it's just, you're doing it and someone tells you later, or you find that like certain people are gravitating turn towards certain things that you're doing. And that gets me fired up. Cause I'm like, this is cool. Like I want to be able to bring in again, it could be, it could be women. Sometimes it's, it's like thinking about like a more Hispanic audience. I mean, sometimes like even just seeing the game through my 12 year old eyes, like, you know, like my 12 year olds, like as a mom, like there's so many different things that I think we need to think outside the box and not always do things the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking more broadly about women's softball, women's baseball, we don't really have an equivalent of the WNBA or the NWSL. Do you think, you know, that that's something that could be on the horizon or, or even a goal that we should have? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's here in my mind and Athletes Unlimited, which is our professional entity right now. Um, we also have a, a WPF, which is a professional league. Um, but I do like, I lean towards Athletes Unlimited because they're, when we were talking about creativity and thinking outside the box, that's what they're doing. And it's not just softball. I mean, they've got, they've got basketball, they have lacrosse, you know, they have other sports that they are doing things, in, but the way they're doing it is so unique. Um, you know, I encourage a lot of people to go check out Athletes Unlimited because it, it makes it more about like almost like video games, fantasy, you know, meets, you know, the competition instead of trying to have it be like every city has their own team. You have these leagues and the financial overhead. You have all the players playing in the same city. Teams switch up every seven days based on point totals. You get points racked up for team effort, but also individual efforts. And, you know, it's all about followings and social followings and who you bringing in, you know, what charities are you helping? It's just a different approach to sports. And I love it. And it's been wildly successful. We're only in the third year now, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how this is going to work. Yeah, that and you talking about your kids. And it makes me uh, just think about, you know, the the next generation of sports fans and, and you having in kids at that age. Um, I, I'm wondering uh, to what degree you're sort of aware of the more I mean, again, I'm a little stereotyping here, but, you know, the TikToky, you know, highlight focused, um, you know, just that more short form, quick bite, but also like willing to mess with formats and willing to see things in a new way. Um, how does that kind of enter your approach to um, to how you look at the game and how you uh, how you bring it to fans? Oh, and absolutely. I mean, that's like how I'm always like. I, I, but this is me. That's how I've lived my whole life. I hate doing things just because everyone's always done it. And ironically, like I'm in a sport that's America's pastime. And even like outside of baseball, it's like, how can we just think about things differently? And how can we bring something that's exciting? Because I know if I get excited about this, but how can I make that so that it's translated in a way, whether it's using really cool technology, whether it's like short bits, like you're talking about where you get in 25 seconds in out, I'm telling you right now why, you know, Aaron judge is that, and you know, boom, like you nail it with just something quick instead of having it be longer. Um, but I just, I really lean on the technology that we have now. I think about video games and I know as much as like, we don't want kids on electronics, like at the same time, it's the future, you know, <laughs> and it's, there's some really cool stuff that's happening with technology. And so I love even doing the home run derby, derby for major league baseball this year on our stack cast version. 
it was really fun kind of venturing into some stuff that had never been done before. Yeah. And just to wrap us up, give me one thing that you're excited about or just that's kind of, um, yeah, that just kind of fires you up that's um, sort of forward looking in, in the world of baseball and softball. Wow. Um, well, what I love that, you know, ESPN and Little League are doing since I know I'm here, but even forward thinking is, you know, we talk about Little League and these boys, but like we're never going to make change unless we start at the youth level for girls. So seeing how much attention was brought to the Little League Softball World Series, the fact that those games were on ABC for the first time, that there's real money going into girls, because we, you know, we just touched on it with women's professional sports. We need to start like bringing attention at 10, 11, 12 years old, the way that we're doing with these boys, two girls. And the fact that there's reaction on, like that there's people saying, yes, I want this. There's sponsorship dollars. We have the momentum going. Now I look forward and as much as like baseball, I could talk postseason and all the things that are coming. I get really excited about where we're headed with women's sports, especially looking forward to the future. Jessica Mendoza, really enjoyed the chat. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Owen. That's it for today. Leave us a rating or review wherever you're listening or tell other people about the show. Really appreciate you tuning in. We will see you tomorrow.